Welcome back to Kylie Says. I'm your host, Kylie, and this podcast is really meant to be your very own self-help partner in crime. I am a blogger, a mama, a wifey, and a senior PR executive, in addition to a recovering perfectionist who struggled with an eating disorder, a negative self-talk, negative body image, anxiety, and depression for years. And I have gone on a deeply healing and spiritual journey over many, many years to get to the path of healing that I'm on today. This podcast is a collection of all of the things that have influenced my journey and my path to where I am today. On this podcast, you can expect to hear things covering human design, manifestation, meditation, wellness, supplements, microdosing, marriage, disordered eating, motherhood, friendship, spirituality, careers, and so much more. I am so thankful that you stopped by. Let's dive in. Hi, hi. I'm so glad that you're back. So much has been going on. I finished my second session of ketamine therapy and I feel like a ton of things have kind of come up for me ever since. And as part of that, I wanted to dive in a bit to give you a perspective of kind of what I go through on a, I would say a more of like a monthly basis as some of the negative thoughts around my eating disorder crop up at certain moments in my life. So if you're just stopping by here and you haven't listened to episode one yet, spoiler alert, I divulged publicly for the very first time that I struggled with an eating disorder for many, many years. And since that episode though, and fun fact, that's my second most popular episode, I haven't really talked much about what I continue to go through and what recovery really looks like for me on this ongoing journey. And to be honest, some days it's fine. And other days it is very not fine. Some days even getting dressed feels like I want to just hide away and never leave my house again. And I think a part of what I deal with outside of bulimia and binge eating disorder, both of which I struggled with during that period in time, is also body dysmorphic disorder. And that is a struggle. And according to NHS, which is one of the largest websites for health-related topics in the UK, they categorize body dysmorphic disorder, otherwise known as BDD, or just simply body dysmorphia, as a mental health condition where a person spends a lot of time worrying about flaws in their appearance. And these flaws are often like unnoticeable to other people, and it can infect people of any age, but it's most common in teenagers and young adults, but it does affect both men and women. And some of the ways that it says you can identify if this is something that plagues you is if you worry a lot about a specific area of your body, and particularly your face. You spend a lot of time comparing your looks with other people's. You look at yourself in mirrors a lot, or you simply avoid mirrors altogether. And you go to a lot of effort to conceal those flaws. So for example, by spending a ton of time either combing your hair, applying a lot of makeup, or choosing your clothes, you pick at your skin to make it look smooth. And one of the things that I think is really important here is that it can really affect your daily life, including like your work, your social life, and your relationships. At the height of my eating disorder, I could spend 
hours trying on clothes in the mirror and tearing apart every single thing I disliked about myself and my body. And when I would lay in bed at night, and I vividly remember just this one time laying in bed, I would lay down and put my hands underneath my thighs to see if I could grab any excess skin on my thighs or fat. I barely had anything to grab at that time. Now I've got like handfuls. (laughs) But if I could grab even one inch of like excess fat on my legs each night, I would literally hop out of bed and do a hundred squats. And I would religiously do a hundred sit-ups before bed literally each and every night. And I also had a workout bike inside of my living room that I'd ride on for hours when I would come home from work. I would take my dog for a walk. I would come back and I would catch up on all my DVR that I had just sitting on that workout bike. And if I didn't consistently burn a thousand calories a day, I would freak out. I would literally feel like a full-blown panic attack was coming. I could feel it like starting to rise in my chest if you've ever had like a panic attack or if you felt your anxiety just like rising where literally you can feel it from your stomach coming up to where it's almost like constricting your heart. That's what it felt like to me if I would look at my calories for the day and not see that I burned more than I ate. And I the best way to describe it is like I almost felt like I could jump out of my skin at the thought that I might just possibly gain weight. Because for me at the time, the worst possible thing that I could literally imagine in my life was not looking how I wanted to look. A look that I felt was only attainable through the drastic measures that I'd found solace in as a result of my eating disorder. And I vividly remember being at bars, having thrown up every single thing I'd eaten earlier that day and ordering dinner, often a huge meal, knowing, sure enough, that I'd just throw it up. It didn't matter what it was. And that means that I'd often spend way too much time in bar bathrooms, literally just ridding myself of what was in my, you know, in my mind, ridding myself of what was causing me potential harm, which was food because it held calories and it held the potential to gain weight. And what I didn't realize at the time was that the harm that I was actually causing to myself was being self-imposed through binge eating and through this negative loop that I was on where I would binge eat and then immediately purge. And then I would get this sense of relief and elation that can literally only come with a completely empty stomach coupled by an ability to suck in deeper than I ever could before. And it was a feat I literally never felt so accomplished to have done successfully before. And my eating disorder brought with it a sense of confidence and finally feeling like I was receiving positive recognition for my outward appearance in a way that I had truly never experienced before. I felt as though I'd been watching everyone else live from the outside, like people who looked beautiful and seemed to get all of these compliments about their body until I finally lost enough weight where I felt like, okay, I'm an insider now. And it felt like I had something that other people didn't. Other women envied my body. I could tell or I felt that way at least. And even though I hate to admit it, honestly, this feels terrible. I was literally disgusted by women that were overweight. I felt like, oh my God, they must have zero self-control They have no idea how to take care of themselves. They clearly don't care about their appearance. And I felt if I were in their shoes, I would be so mortified I would not leave the house. Like I would not wear what they were wearing. I felt like the sheer fact that they had weight on their arms, on their stomachs, on their thighs, like double chins, if their arms wiggled or if they were clearly like their clothes were too tight, I was terribly embarrassed for them. I literally looked away in terror, like barely able to contain the fact that I actually felt better about myself knowing that I would never look like that now that I'd found this secret, which was my eating disorder, because it allowed me to lose so much weight so quickly 
after I tried so many things as a young child coming into adulthood. And what I didn't realize at the time, but that I have enough like foresight to recognize now, is that my eating disorder caused this deep sense of panic inside of me. I secretly panicked if I didn't know the calories in a dish because I counted everything. Even the food that I would end up purging was still counted in my fitness pal because I wanted to understand how much did I actually intake despite the fact that I purged because I wanted at the end of the day to be negative, negative calories. Even if I was drinking, like I would start calculating what I had been drinking. But then of course, after you've had, even if you've eaten food all day, if you've thrown it all up and then you're just continuing to pile liquor on and liquor on and liquor on, eventually you stop counting because the only thing that you really care about is continuing to get drunk or that was for me. And I think that this kind of came up for me recently on my anniversary trip with my husband where I felt like I just drank too much and I woke up in the morning feeling the lowest that I'd felt about myself in a long time. I had been on just this high emotionally. I felt like because I was working out every single day and in a good way, not like in an obsessive way, but I was utilizing exercise as part of a self-care routine that felt really natural to me. I was making time for it. I wasn't overdoing it. It was just something that I felt really proud to be able to carve time in for myself in my really busy schedule with two kids, working full time, taking her to, you know, taking my daughter to daycare, doing the laundry, you know, all of these things, like planning for a party. It was I felt really good about myself that I was able to kind of prioritize that, which for me has always been something when I'm able to actually do the things that I really want to do, I feel really good about myself. And it doesn't matter as much what I look like in the process because I'm following through with things that make me feel better, which is like building trust in myself. And one of the things that is the hardest for me ongoing is this sense of I can do it without an eating disorder and I I felt like I was kind of finally breaking through and feeling really positively about the steps that I was taking to better myself and after that day of drinking when I woke up in the morning I just felt yuck like I just felt honestly just like really gross I felt like I was hung over a little bit I felt like I woke up not a hundred percent remembering everything that I had said the night before, I felt terrible at dinner, like I had to throw up because I had eaten and drank too much in the day. And that's just one of those feelings where it's like, it's in the pit of your stomach, like you have to throw up. And this is one thing that I've noticed after, you know, just the continued healing journey that I've been on is that when I eat and drink, specifically drink like wine or too much alcohol, my stomach can physically not handle it anymore. And it feels specifically like it's when I drink too much wine and I also try to eat big meals. This sounds so strange, but I almost feel like I can only really have wine when I'm not eating very much, when I'm having very small portions of things frequently throughout the day, where it's like with tequila or something else that I I feel like I can actually eat regular meals and it doesn't really affect my stomach for some reason. But I don't know why every time I have a lot of wine and then I also try to eat a lot of food, like let's say at Thanksgiving or something, my stomach physically cannot keep it in it's like the tannins and the liquor from the wine just don't sit well with me so after like not feeling well at dinner but having this beautiful meal and just wanting to enjoy our anniversary and then going home and continuing to drink and feeling like I 
I, I was drinking for the sake of drinking again, not because I was enjoying what I was drinking. It's like, oh, I opened this bottle, so I might as well finish it. And that took me back to just some of the places that I didn't love where I was mentally at the time where I felt like I needed to do that. And the reason why it's been so prevalent in my mind lately is because like I've gotten past that. I don't need that anymore. I've calmed down on my drinking ever since then, which I mean, I realize it's only been a few weeks, but simply because I don't like that feeling anymore where I wake up and I don't feel good about myself. I don't want to feel like I wake up and I feel fat. I feel bloated. I feel like my skin is dry. I just don't look energized because one of the things that's really hard when you're in recovery is that you're not utilizing the same behaviors that you used to where you would just hide away all of the possibility for recovery through continued eating, through continued purging, through continued drinking or whatever the case was. And that's one of the things that's recovery. I love that, you know, there's this positivity and like this this mindset around oh you've made it through and it can be recovery from anything but specifically for me like recovering from an eating disorder is also not pretty because it comes with weight gain it comes with a messed up metabolism it comes with the lack of an understanding of how your body truly works and it comes with this deep sense of regret but also nostalgia for the experience that I had at the time when I felt like I was finally thin like sometimes the negative thoughts that come up are oh if only social media was bigger then I probably would have you know been able to feel and like show a much more confident persona online like those are crazy things that come up in my head thinking about the fact that my body would have been more desirable at that time than it is now that is a fucked up mindset that is so deep in my own head that I continuously work on. And part of the reason why I'm utilizing ketamine-assisted psychotherapy because there are studies that showcase some you know, potential efficacy in helping to heal the negative mindset and the negative patterns that eating disorders cause. Because an eating disorder is a mental health problem. Like This is something I wanna make incredibly clear. I chose to do it, yes, but once it once it was part of my routine, it controlled me. I did not control it. And now I'm in the driver's seat. Like I'm controlling it. I still have urges where I want to binge and purge, but they are very few and far between. And they are chronically triggered by big moments in time, like a wedding, like a trip, like a vacation where I feel like my appearance is going to be based on the experience. And I've been working so hard on trying to relieve myself from the experience. Like the experience has nothing to do with my physical appearance. But of course, like anyone who loves fashion and loves, you know, being able to pose for fun pictures and pretty pictures, I think about, okay, what outfit am I going to wear to this? What am I going to wear to this? And then I start going down this rabbit hole well, I probably can't wear that because I'm fat or because this. And like one thing that's becoming incredibly clear to me is like every time I think I'm getting ahead in terms of like weight loss, I will weigh myself and put myself back so far. And I, at the height of my eating disorder to now, I'm almost 100 pounds heavier now than I was then. And mind you, I was 
drastically underweight at that time. But like that is a pretty stark reality for me. And sometimes looking at those numbers on a scale feels like it feels almost like it's not reality because I think back to the me who would have looked at that years and years ago and who would have crumbled to the floor just beside herself like that would be a a person associated with that number on a scale would make you in my mind like would make me utterly worthless why even live if you're going to be that fat and it's still hard for me to actually like look in the mirror sometimes or see photos of myself when I feel like when I look in the mirror and I'm looking just at my face like I feel like okay you know, not so bad. And then when I see my whole body like attached to my face, I know that that sounds kind of weird, but like when I see my body attached to my face, it makes me feel very sad because who, who I see myself, like how I see myself inside is not how I see myself on the outside. So it's sometimes a hard pill to swallow when I'm finally like, oh, I don't give a fuck anymore. I'm just going to be me because life is so short. There are so many worse things that could be happening to me. And I need to show up for myself day after day after day after day to say like, you're worth it. You're worth being here. You're worth doing this because that is literally, those are some of the thoughts that go on in someone who's going through eating disorder recovery. There's this constant battle of the, I don't care how I look. I have removed myself from those feelings to the, I can't believe I looked like this. If only I could pick back up where I left off with my eating disorder so that I could actually gain some progress. And that's a really hard, that's a really hard place to be because what I want more than anything is to be able to find this equilibrium where I'm living a life where I'm still, I don't want to necessarily have to be giving all of these things up again because I felt like I gave up a lot with my eating disorder. And then when I gave up my eating disorder, that felt like, well, I gave so much up then. So it's this mindset of being able to kind of work through the feelings of giving something up and gaining something instead. So I gave up my eating disorder, but instead I gained a healthier relationship with myself because what I found is that, and one thing that's also very interesting is that looking at me today, you would never know that I suffered from all of those things. I don't think, because it's not like I look, I'm not rail thin. You wouldn't look at me and think, oh God, like she's unhealthy. No, the opposite. You'd look at me and think like, hmm, she's got some healthy weight on her and, or maybe unhealthy weight on her. Like I have weight on me. Yes. I still haven't lost all of my baby weight, like all of my pre or post pregnancy weight. And that's okay because I am, you know, moving forward in a way that feels natural for me right now without feeling like I'm going to have to restrict myself even more because I've just found that that's not the healthiest way for me to live because the more that I restrict, the more that I feel like I need to do something outlandish and frankly it's just not a healthy way for me to operate. So the point that I'm trying to make is that sometimes it's really hard to know just on the surface if someone struggles with something like an eating disorder just because they're not super thin or they don't look like they're necessarily struggling today. And I sometimes even feel embarrassed talking about this subject because what I'd love to be able to say is I struggled with an eating disorder. I have come out on the other side and I'm fit and I'm healthy and I'm happy but I have not gotten there yet. 
I don't feel like I'm fit. I feel like I'm much healthier than I was. Of course, I still eat shit and junk food and like, you know, drink on occasion. And I eat fast food and all of those things. But I don't feel like I've totally come out on the other side of this yet. And it is a work in progress. And for me, that's just one thing that I wanted to make really clear because I feel like we don't have enough role models talking about this in between. We have a lot of people talking about the before when they were in this rough period. And then we have a lot of people talking about the after, how they accomplished it. Oh, all of the struggle in between, but they often hide that in between struggle because it's not glamorous. It's not pretty. And it's just messy. It's a whole hell of a huge mess. And I'm in that huge mess right now. And I hope to one day get to the other, you know, the clean and the pretty side of it. But for me, it's still taken many years. It's taken at least six years just in, I've been in recovery only for, you know, about six, probably a little bit less than that. About six, no, about six years. Like about at my wedding was when I really quit cold turkey. And I think that that's another thing is in my journey in particular, because I did not go about this in like a, okay, I'm tapering this off or whatever you want to call it. I just cold turkeyed the whole eating disorder. So I went from binging and purging and working out incessantly and, you know, to just not. And I don't even know how I got through that phase. I feel like I like lightweight physically blacked it out because mentally there was just so much to process and my way of moving through things that come with hardship is to like mentally black them out because my it's almost like I'm incapable of actually working through that process and working through the pain that comes along with the realization that I'm giving something up or I'm eliminating something from my life or something didn't serve me anymore and part of the reason that I'm so into human design in particular is because I love the idea that, especially as parents, once you know the human design blueprint of your child, you can raise them in a way that makes sense for their individual design. Because I think that oftentimes when it comes to parenting, it's hard not to categorize one child against or versus the other based on traits that you deem as positive as a parent or negative that you deem, you know, negative as a parent. That's largely based on your conditioning when you were growing up. Oh, your kid is polite. Okay. That must be a good thing. Oh, your kid eats their vegetables. Okay. That must be good. Your kid that doesn't must be bad. Like there's all this good versus bad when it comes to parenting. And I just do not want to raise my kids that way. So this is why I'm so intent on better understanding how human design can play into parenting and why eventually as I'm continuing to kind of grow this side business around human design, I really feel like there's this appealing nature for parents because there are a lot more triggers in today's society for young people than there even were back when I was growing up. You know, I'm very thankful that growing up in like middle school and high school, we didn't have Snapchat or Instagram because there were there would definitely be things on there that I would not want on the internet that could potentially be saved and shared and reshared and moments when you are not your best self and you're figuring out who you are and you don't want to be tied to those things forever. And I feel like being able to have someone who hears you and sees you for you despite all of these different moments in time that you're going to go through are going to be really important. And I care deeply about giving my children a safe space to grow into who they're meant to be and not conditioning some of my pre-existing beliefs onto them. And one of those things I think really plays into 
how you feel, you know, successful, how you feel seen, how your beliefs about yourself play into your future and the roles that you want to take and the risks that you want to take and the way that you engage with your friends and your family and knowing that there isn't one path that leads to success, but that there are multiple different paths, but identifying the path that lights you up the most is the biggest benefit that you can bring to the world. And that is what I want to be able to teach my kids. That is what I wish that I had more of when I was growing up, because I always felt like some of the messages that were reinforced through family, friends, through family gatherings, all of the positivity I felt was always given to the people that were thin and beautiful. And so in my head, I created this mindset of thin equals beauty and anything else equals less than. So I always viewed myself in this less than category. And once I lost weight, all of these, all of the family members that used to praise other people for being beautiful and thin started telling me how beautiful I looked and how great I looked. And wow, what an accomplishment. I've lost so much weight. And so that reinforcement, it's almost like, you know, Pavlov's dogs. Like it's that reinforcement that made me say, I need to continue this because now that I've reached this, you know, this peak what would what are all these people going to think with me if i go back to being fat what are all of these people going to think to me if i go back to being what i used to be like and this idea of like maintaining this unrealistic expectation about my body and like the shape that it must be the size that it must be it was it was draining. Like I would go, when I would go to the mall and go shopping, I was so happy that I could actually fit in things and tell the person like, oh, do you need a new size? Yeah, this is too big for me. I need a size 27 or whatever the case might be, which at the time was what I wore, 27 and 28 jeans. And and when I say at the time, I mean like at the height of my eating disorder, I was wearing like a 27, 28. Um, and I felt so proud to be able to wear that size and to be able to be shopping for things that were like a medium or a small in certain items because I was used to buying things that were medium to large and now knowing that there are certain things that I buy that are large extra large or xxl so that I can actually feel more comfortable and like have room to breathe in things that would have made me lose my shit because to me even the idea of buying something in that size came with this negative connotation about like basically you piece of shit are you kidding me you can't just wear a large you have to wear this or that and honestly now sometimes I buy things in like 2x like sweatshirts I want them big I want them cozy and I don't even care I mean I do care but like deep down I don't really care what the size is because it just makes me feel comfortable I don't want to feel like I'm squeezing into certain things anymore there are certain things that I like to have tight like some of my workout clothes and a workout top and you know just some of the things that for me I feel more confident in something that is a little snugger than something that's like super loose and I just get more uncomfortable working out on some of those things so anyway it's it's one of those this is a topic that I feel like people are either going to really relate to this or they're going to feel really bad for me (laughs) because it's I don't think that people talk about this a lot because it's embarrassing a and it's not pretty and everyone wants your squares on Instagram and your you know Facebook or TikTok everything is filtered, everything is through the lens of everything's great, everything's fine. And the idea that I have this ongoing issue with 
figuring out even how to eat for myself and how to nourish my body properly and how to not just look in the mirror and want to say, oh my fucking God, this is how I look. Because sometimes I'll look at photos and that's how I feel. And I can't possibly be the only one who feels that way. But I don't feel like I see much about this online where people are talking about this outside of when they've already gone past this phase. But we need more opportunity for people to connect with this content when they're still in the thick of it, when they're still in the middle of feeling like when they see themselves walking by a mirror, their heart sinks a little bit. And when they see a photo of themselves that they haven't like perfectly posed, they feel their heart sink a little bit. And when they see someone who represents for them what they felt like they used to have, even if they felt pretty beforehand, when they see that person, their heart sinks a little because they feel immediately, and I'm speaking for me when I say they, there are instances where where I will leave the house and I'll feel really pretty or I'll feel like, okay, I feel confident, I feel good, and I feel this. And then I'll see someone who to me represents, I guess someone who's like better than me or more desirable than me. And what I mean by more desirable is like they're thinner, they have less makeup on than me, they look beautiful, they seem so happy. That to me makes me immediately feel like shit because I feel like I am being a fraud and that I am easily going to be caught. It's almost like when I'm carrying this false sense of confidence and you know, exuberance about myself and my life or whatever, that is what would largely drive me to drink more is like, I would overcompensate for the fact that, oh, I feel fine. But deep down inside, I was mortified to even be in the same space as someone who I felt like, you know, was light years better, quote unquote, than me because of the way that they looked. Because I am still trying to remove the what's the way for me to put this? I'm still trying to remove the, just the hold that appearance has on my idea of self and my idea of worth. Because for me, worth is equated to outward appearance and it always has been. And I don't know why. And one thing that's interesting about that is in my human design profile, it says that my greatest sense is outer vision and outer vision is, you know, basically when you, things that are beautiful, you, I like things that look a certain way. I'm good with design and I'm good with being able to put things together. And that's why like, I love makeup and I love putting makeup on. I love having my nails done. Like I'm someone who, you know, I love being natural to a degree, but at the same time, like I would much more be made up where I can look and feel like, oh, beautiful, you know, and that is something that I have to learn to approach in the right way, knowing that that's one of my, that that is my strongest sense, that outer vision, appearance, visuals, beauty really means a lot to me more so than like smell or taste or whatever, like some, some other people's. That means that I have to be incredibly careful to allow myself to utilize that through my design in the best way possible and not to use it in my not self theme, which is largely baked in what I'm talking about today. A lot of what I'm talking about right now, pretty much all of it can be based on what we can call this not self theme. 
And when I think about my true self, like who I want to be and who I think I'm growing into through all of the work that I've done and that I continue to do through my meditation and my visualizations and my journaling, it's someone who has no outcome-based expectations on an end goal, quote unquote, body, but more of a feeling. And I think that the reason why I've started to give up drinking, like why I want to continue to not drink just for the sake of drinking, but maybe to like to enjoy a celebratory glass of champagne on Mother's Day or out to dinner and have a fun drink at a tiki bar in Hawaii. But I don't want to be drinking throughout the whole day and then just feeling like shit like that. I want to continuously give myself opportunities to feel the best that I can possibly feel mentally the physical will come after that and I truly believe that and one of the things that I'm working on is really working through some of these visualizations and manifestations around what my dream life looks like and my dream body is a part of that but it's less of a focus like when I think of my dream life what I want to manifest for myself I want to manifest just pure happiness And I've talked about this before, but trust, the more that I can build trust within myself, the more aligned I will feel to the highest self that I can possibly be. Building trust in myself means that I can trust my instincts. I can trust my ability to take care of myself. I can trust my ability to not drink so much that I end up feeling like shit and I can actually do things that feel purposeful and I can trust in working through things without relying on these coping mechanisms that are genuinely unhealthy and make me feel worse than I did before. And I think that a lot of what people with eating disorders need to work on when they go through their recovery process is those coping skills. Because the ability to cope without relying on your eating disorder, no matter what it was, is a huge struggle for anyone that has suffered from an eating disorder. The ability to utilize your eating disorder as a crutch and not feeling what you're actually feeling was one of the biggest benefits of my eating disorder because I didn't actually have to face the fact that at the time, I guess I hated myself. I hated how I looked. I hated everything about me outside of the fact that I finally had done something good, quote unquote, to reach the body that I had always wanted. And that was like the best thing that I had done for myself at the time. Anything less than that was based solely out of fear, out of fear, out of being fat, fear out of gaining weight, fear out of people thinking differently that, you know, about me than they did now once, you know, I'd worked, I was working at a gym so that I would consistently be able to have access to work out throughout the whole day and where my appearance was based on the fact that, oh, well, I needed to look good if I'm going to work at a gym. So this is something that I must continue to do. And now I'm, I'm still working on it every day, but I'm slowly starting to realize, and the more that I talk about this, the more cathartic it is for me. And I hope that it is for someone else who's going through this or who at least can relate to this to some degree, because the more that you're able to actually open up about what's truly happening in the psyche when you're going through this eating disorder recovery, the more free you will feel from it. I no longer feel like I am a victim to my eating disorder. I do still feel like I am sometimes a victim to my own mind in the sense that sometimes my negative self-talk is incredibly loud. And this is why I love meditation is because I can finally just quiet my mind. And sometimes I'll literally sit there in peace and just think I have no thoughts right now. And that is such a nice feeling. If you are struggling with anything, it doesn't even have to be an eating disorder, but where you feel like it's consumed so much of your life and it is consumed and continues to consume so many of your thoughts, but you are 
proactively and purposefully doing things to better your life, then I truly applaud you because it's harder to show up than it is to hide away. And the fact that you're moving toward the light and moving toward the responsible way to show up for yourself and for those around you is a huge feat. So I am, if no one's told you, I am proud of you. I hope you are proud of you. Thank you so much for listening this long and being open-minded to the experience and the journey that I'm currently on. And I hope that this was helpful for someone or it made you feel less alone because it can be really isolating going through a period of growth. But you know that you can always turn back here because I'll be here for you. Thank you so much again for stopping by. I would love to know what you think about this. And if you're experiencing something similar, reach out to me. You can find me at Kylie Mojadidi on Instagram, at Kylie Mojadidi on TikTok. And I would love to talk with you. Maybe I'll even have you on the podcast. So if this is something that you feel like you're struggling with as well, where you would love to be able to talk more openly about things that have worked for you and the experience that you are currently going through, reach out. I'd love to hear from you. Thanks. Until next time.